you have a Bible, flip over to Matthew chapter 8. We're going to be in verses 5 through 13. Good, no, good morning, Internet land. And uh, if you didn't know, a lot of our campus students down in the New River have uh, started to, to uh, descend to the end. I guess it's uh, ascend to the New River Valley. Uh, Radford starts this week, and Tech is a week behind them. So please be praying for them, as that's a completely unknown territory for them to come back to the universities. Many of them are going to be online classes. Some of them will be in person. Uh, we're still trying to figure out if non-student personnel or non-tech and Radford personnel can actually go on campus. So please be praying for uh, all of that. We aren't able to actually meet at the university for our services down there as a campus. So please, please pray that we can uh, secure a location down there for them and uh, continue to see God work in our campus ministries. So uh, we'll be praying for that. But uh, also a prayer request. I just uh, caught word that uh, Tanner, Tanner Dudding, Jason and Jennifer's uh, youngest, uh, is actually in the hospital since Friday uh, due to some uh, blood in his stool. And uh, they're trying to figure out what type of infection is going on with him. So uh, we spoke with the Duddings this morning, but the Youngs passed that along to us. So we're going to go ahead and pray uh, for Tanner and for the Dudding family. He's over at Carillion since Friday. So let's go ahead and bow our heads and, and pray for, for them. Uh, Lord in heaven, God, we come to come before you. Uh, God, just as your sons and daughters are praying for our brother and sister and for Tanner. Uh, Tanner Dudding, God, as he's there in Carillion, Father, with, uh, with a challenge, Father. And we pray for Jennifer and Jason to feel your comfort uh, for us as a body to connect to them, to pray and with faith. God, that you will uh, operate in a great way. And we pray for the wisdom of uh, all the caretakers there. Uh, that they would be able to discern and diagnose and be able to figure out how to help Tanner. But we do pray, God, for your healing properties. We pray for your faith, uh, for our faith in who you are and what you can do. And we pray that uh, Tanner will be completely healed, uh, that everything will be a-okay, everything will check out, God, and they'll be able to come home from the hospital. God, we know those are uncertain times, and it's so challenging, God, to, uh, one, be in the hospital, but when your child is in the hospital and you're trying to figure out why, they are, God, that can be very, very difficult. God, help us to, again, at this moment, just come before you knowing that you are more than powerful, more than capable, and you know all that's going on there. Help us as a family now to continue to come to you, uh, asking for you to help them in a great way, and we, in faith, know that you will. Pray for our brother and sister, Jason and Jennifer. Uh, God, please be with them, helping them be comforted and uh, close to you, Father. We love you. We ask this in your son's name. Amen. All right. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 8, the wind's blowing me around here. Uh, we are beginning in a, a series of seven miracles that Jesus does after he comes off the mountain of Beatitudes. And we looked at the first one last week in the healing of the leper. And that was intentional by uh, our author here in Matthew to show Jesus coming down and dealing with probably the most... Uh, graphically, a graphic, a uh, very visual of, oh my goodness, this guy is the farthest away from all humanity, farthest away from any connection, both to God and to man, and Jesus walks right into that situation. He's approached by this leper, and Jesus reaches out and does the unthinkable and touches him. And it's communicating to us that God and who he is and how he's bringing kingdom not just in word at the Mount of Beatitudes, but now in action. And that's a challenge and a call to all of us, and we know that, but need to be reminded that the kingdom of God is not a matter of, of, of speaking in words, it's of action and love. And that's our call as a church. 
But I love what we're going to look at here, and another, another familiar story in the faith of the centurion, because I believe it's incredibly relevant, because now we're not going to see a healing that actually involves Jesus reaching out and touching somebody, but we're actually going to see a touchless delivery. And I think it's so perfect, because I was watching, uh, watching a, a TV, I guess we were watching Wipeout with the kids, and a pizza commercial came on. It was the UK wipeout, which is even more hilarious. Cause, no offense, Paula. They, uh, <laughs> they just say things different. It's more funny. It's more comical. Anyway, but there's a Pizza Hut commercial, and uh, the lady that was coming out of the Pizza Hut had her mask on, and they were they were advertising. You know, what well, we're different. We can deliver touchless, meaning we can deliver your pizza without ever getting close to you, without ever touching you. And I, I just thought, you know what? That's that's great. But I never thought, as Jackie shared, I never thought I'd see a commercial where they're advertising, you know what, we can get you what you need without ever having to come in contact with you. Wow. You know, a couple years, a year ago, it's like, man, we're, we're here, we're with you, we're close, we're walking you through the store. Not pizza so much, but, you know, we're, we're, we're touching, we're close, we have that type, of, that type of connection in our job, you know, we're really engaged with our customers. But now it's the exact opposite. How can we deliver all that you're looking for without ever coming in contact with anybody? And I thought it was really, really cool because these guys, and when you go to Pizza Hut, I guess, you get the goods, but you get it through without being touched. And what we see here is that we get, we see the centurion for his, for his uh, servant, he gets the goods without ever being touched. And it's a reminder to us about the power of God, the power of Jesus, and the power that God can deliver without touch. I think that's important today because many of us are trying to figure out lordship, trying to figure out discipleship, we're trying to figure out how to bring kingdom when many of us, and all of us, in a lot of ways, all of us are restricted from actually being connected in person or with that, that touch that we're used to, reaching out, connecting, meeting in people's homes, having a meal without any hindrances. And we think, you know, maybe to ourselves, I know I have, and how can we do this? How can, how can things really happen with these types of restrictions? But here we're reminded that, you know what? To God, there's never any restrictions. There's never any bounds or walls that, that pinch him in or hem him in. And I believe it's a great reminder for us that God can deliver in a great way, even without touch. So let's read together verses 5 through 13, have a couple points. The title this morning is that, Touchless Delivery. Touchless Delivery. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. For the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. Incredible story. A touchless delivery. What Matthew is sharing with us here is that now not only has the kingdom come literally off the mountain in Jesus and his message and his word, but that the kingdom of God and this delivery of the kingdom is coming to very, very, very outside, outsider type people. So we already had the leper, and that's totally lifted the veils of all those who have seen that. They're totally uh, befuddled and confounded by what, who is this? And what kind of kingdom is this that it reaches the lepers? And then if that wasn't enough, now the next story Matthew gives us is the centurion, a Gentile. Someone who has great clout and great responsibility in, in the Roman legions, in those who are actually currently oppressing the Jews. And it's not a teacher of the law. It's not a Pharisee. It's not a devout Jew that's coming up to Jesus with such faith. It's those and it's him who everyone thought, you know what, this, this guy, this is a guy that would never have faith. This is a guy that would never connect to a Messiah figure. This would be never someone who would, with such great chutzpah, come as a Gentile being rejected by everyone, come in a crowd like this and actually say the word Lord. It's more than sir, if you go back to the Greek. This is not just a pleasantry, pleasantry like Mr. Bamber, this is Lord. There's something about you that he comes and asks for Jesus. The dialogue between Jesus and the centurion is really what took Jesus, uh, took, took Jesus back and had him utter the words, I have not found such faith in all of Israel. The dialogue was is that this man, to really, and for us, to really understand the power of God and believe in touchless delivery, is that we have to understand authority. This man, the centurion, says, I understand authority. I get it. I say something to the men under me, the hundred men under me, go, and they do it. Go there, and they do it. I don't have to come and grab them by the hand and make it happen. I can utter the words, do this, and they do it. So he understands authority based in the military. If, okay, I understand I'm above them, and I teach them, or I show them, and they do it. So therefore, I understand how words work. I understand when someone in authority speaks, it gets done. Now, we all, in our 21st century mind and America, we all grow up with something inside of us that has a negative bent towards authority. You know, we, we grow up like, oh, yeah, we're great. But then there's some year in your life when you grow up, you just start questioning authority. I've already seen it in my two. They're great. They question everybody else's authority except for Lindsay and I's and myself. But everybody else is like, why is that guy? No, no, no. It's like, what happened? You were so easy. We did this and you were down for it. I mean, I made mistakes and you were like, what mistakes? And now, question, why? What about... And, there's just something in us. And then our, our ideology and our, our country and the way we, we live our lives, it's almost encouraged. Question authority. Don't, don't believe everything you hear. Now that applies to radio and TV, and that's actually generally good advice. But that starts to creep into the very words of God. It creeps into the very words 
of, of Jesus. And we apply principles like, you know, advice is advice. And you're right, advice is advice. But Jesus doesn't give advice. He gives truth. So while that might apply to general advice, even within our, our lovely church of discerning disciples, we can question authority. And I'm okay with you questioning some authority. But the one thing we should never be okay with is questioning the authority of God. Not so much in the spirit of, I want to know about God's authority. Not that type of questioning. You know, like the, the, the inquisitive, that type of spirit. But the questioning like, this is giving me reason not to believe. Or this is giving me, I'm looking for ammunition to not do what you said. That's a different type of spirit. I don't mind my son asking questions and wanting to know more why I said what I said or why we do what we do. Those are great things to ask. I actually get kind of weirded out when no one asks why. Because then it's just kind of like, well, maybe it's not your conviction at all. It's just more culture that you follow, right? So we don't want that even as, as we help others become disciples. We don't want you to become a disciple of Roanoke Valley Church. That's weird. But we do want people to become disciples of Jesus. And how to do that is to believe and have trust in the authority of Jesus and his word. Now, that's a very unpopular conviction, not here in this parking lot. But to actually believe that this is the word of God, and I can point to this as to why I do what I do, and why we do what we do, and it doesn't need to go any further than that. That's that's weird now. Like, yeah, that's the word, but but tell me more of why you do this and this and this. Like, give me something more than the Bible to show me why I should do that. Right? We love evidence. We love facts. We love research. We love Google and finding out all the things. You know, we. But the truth is, some of us and some of you out there in internet land trust Wikipedia more than you do the Bible. You think about the things that we put authority in. Now, this guy, the centurion, this is military talk. He's like, you know what? I get authority because you know what? I have authorities. They tell me what to do, and I do it. I understand my role. And people under me, they understand their role. So it just is what it is. There's no questioning. It's just we accept it. 21st century, fast forward, there's a few things that we just accept. If Google says it and enough people have rated it, we take it as truth. There's actually more faith being placed in people's reviews of the products you get on Amazon than some of your quiet times have been this year. Now, there's some, I'm not out of that boat. I'm with you. I mean, I'll look at a five-star rating for a product that I'm like, okay, I'm going to, and I put my faith in that without question. Like, well, yep, I find a couple good reviews. Oh, that guy, bad review. Well, there's less of them than there are good, so therefore it's good. Now, I understand that the products we bought on Amazon aren't essential. They're not actually guiding you in your life so much that you have to bank on it. We understand that Jesus' words are a matter of life and death, eternity and separation. Yeah. So, yes, I understand. I'm not, I'm not really encouraging us to just kind of blindly accept something. We understand there's way more weight to God's word than Amazon reviews. All right? So I think we understand that. But we understand that after a while, Amazon, Wikipedia, websites, medical professionals, things you find that people have researched, books that people have written... 
over time, we have become very accustomed to what I see, and if I see a lot of the same thing, I just accept it as truth, and I go on, and I believe it, I bank on it. The Word of God has had more criticism thrown at it, and has come on the other side of truth than any other document, any other thing put together, than any other book in, in all of our history. But it's good for us to think about how we understand authority. And the most important question is, is God's word your authority? Is it a series of suggestions or feel-good chicken soup for the soul or things that motivate you to get on with our days? Is it something just as a pick-me-up, a caffeine shot for the day? Or do we approach it like this centurion when he saw his commanding officer come, he put himself at a posture and a position ready to put into practice whatever his commanding officer said to do. And I know that's not popular, and I don't even feel comfortable kind of advocating that type of posture. Just stand in line and, yes, sir, and you go. But to Jesus... He's not a military officer. He's not one that says, go, no explanation. But God, in his authority, lowers himself to not be like all the other authorities people have seen. He comes and actually does everything that he commands you and I to do. And then some. He overcomes every temptation he tells you to flee from. He's died to himself in every way he's called his disciples to die to themselves. He's the best authority we could ever ask for. I know that we all have bad authorities in our lives. It's on the news. It's in our histories. It's checkered in our pasts. I've been a bad authority to my kids. I mean, just this week. Can I be real? I was downstairs in the basement. Oh no. And we were meant to be coming up. Mom had finished dinner and, hey, time for dinner. My kids had made a mess of the basement, which, you know, they were within the bounds, but it was a mess. It was time to clean up. Well, I said, it's time to clean up and come up for dinner. No action. Hey, time to clean up, time for dinner. No action. Hey guys, <laughs> it's time for dinner, clean up. They started to clean up, I turned my head to help and a pillow comes flying and <clears throat> hits me in the back of the head. And now I'm hot because I'm convinced that was not only intentional, but it was a defiant action of not only do I not want to listen to you, but when I start to, I want to make it hurt. So what I did was I scared the living bejesus out of my son. I ran to him and I grabbed him by the shoulders and I lifted him up. And then I took him and I tossed him down onto the mat. And he said, Dad, pick me up and throw me into the rock wall, which I didn't. But that was his perspective. And honestly, I picked him up. And he said to me, Dad, you say actions speak louder than words. Now, it was true. I didn't like the way he said it. 
But it was true. It's those type of authorities in our lives where I come and say, hey, it's time to clean up. And then now I'm getting physical. I didn't want to hurt him, but I told him, hey, you know what? I want to scare you because what had happened was <laughs> he had done something to his sister that I didn't really know what happened, but I heard the scream. So I assumed Big Bro was using his power to hurt his sister. And he did something he shouldn't have, but it wasn't intentional. So I come in hot because if you're the older one and you're a boy, you just don't hurt people that are smaller than you. And if you're a boy, you just don't hit or hurt girls. I don't care what they do. That's just my conviction. Teach me later if you get that. That's not the point of this lesson. The point is we question authority and it's things like I did to my son that caused questioning. Like you say one thing, but I really can't trust you over here. What's going to happen? And I know we've all been in that spot. Maybe not exactly like that. But we've seen things and we've done things and things have been done to us where now, yeah, I know where the authority is, but I'm not sure I really want to follow it. An authority in this world will hurt you. It will fall short. We as a church are imperfect, full of imperfect people. People that have responsibilities here to shepherd, to love, to guide, to disciple. And we overstep our bounds and we say things in an imperfect way and we hurt each other. And that makes us question not just the authorities within the church, but it, it causes us and may even give us reason in our hearts to question God's authority. But we've got to understand authority and understand that God's authority is always good. Amen. It's always good. It's always great. And it's always for you. It's 1035, so I'm going to speed this up. You know, this man understood authority and he understood that, you know what? Jesus has authority. I've heard of what he's done. But what this man had not seen done was a touchless delivery of healing. There is no other account up to this point of Jesus healing someone from afar. And what I love about this man's understanding and what's really what can really happen is, one, he understood authority, right? He understood the power of Jesus' word. He understood his, the power in his words, and he understood Jesus' power in his words. So for us, we've got to understand authority, but understand specifically the power of that authority. The power of those words. Jesus' words healed this servant at the very moment. This man's faith expressed it. A touchless delivery. He didn't ask for a sign. He didn't ask to feel these strong convictions. He just understood authority and understand the power of the word. We've got to understand the power of the word too. Now what I love about this man also in this touchless delivery and how we can see that in our lives is this man, obviously, Jesus said, has astounding faith. This man's faith extended to new territory that had never been seen before. Faith gets creative. And faith, in creative faith, can be actually bear new things as to what Jesus can do. A first distance healing is recorded. Right now, in our situation, our, our moment in time, is, you know what, we're, we can't go and touch. We can't do what we're used to doing. But if we have faith in the power and Jesus of Jesus' authority, you know what, we can get creative. 
we get creative to see what Jesus can do. Maybe we're used to certain things, but you know what? We can have our eyes lifted as these people who saw this happen had their eyes lifted. The centurion now in his faith now becomes an example for us of Jesus' power. One that if we did not have, we wouldn't have a complete picture of all that Jesus can do. So what I'm asking and what I'm asking my own heart is if I have faith, how can I get creative to see what Jesus can do? This man says, you know what? I don't deserve it. I don't deserve for you to come under my house. So just say the word. Out of his faith of what Jesus could do, he proposed an option. It was out of his faith he came up with the option. As disciples who believe in that authority, we now can brainstorm creative ways to bring Jesus to people. This man's concern wasn't his own healing, it was a servant's healing. His faith led him to believe, what are some creative ways that I can get Jesus to people? What are some creative ways I can get Jesus' word to my servant? This situation calls for new ways. New ways to find, to bring Jesus to people. Internet, Zoom, Facebook, dropping off little, little things at, our, at people's houses, bringing food over, something we can, we can actually brainstorm out of our understanding of what God can do. New ways to bring Jesus to them. A question that we can ask ourselves to see more and more touchless deliveries happen in our day is to wake up and simply ask the question, what is God up to today? Because the leper was one situation that blew everybody away. But imagine the next situation. Wow, what's God going to do today that I haven't seen before? How can God make this happen in a way I've never seen before? You know, we have a campus ministry that's getting ready to start. We've never done this before in our campus ministries, ever. We've got to think of creative ways to bring Jesus to people. We can't put our faith in the normal way we do things. Normal church, normal midweeks, normal devos, normal conversations, normal Bible studies. Heck, we've been doing this for four months, and I think we're getting a little tired of it. But now more than ever, it's time to renew our creativity, born out of faith, to see what Jesus can do. You know, we, story after story of touchless deliveries. What are some of those ways that we can engage in touchless delivery? You know, we've seen on Facebook and on YouTube more family members of disciples becoming Christians now than ever before. Parents that were hours and hours away that, you know what, we never never really got to see them that often or we didn't really talk as much. Now you're just, okay, I can't talk to, I'm not out and about all the time. So I actually have more time in front of my phone or my computer. And people are using this to reach out to family members, grandparents, people overseas, asking them to study the Bible, asking them to join them on FaceTime, to connect on Zoom, to connect to Sunday services, to share links on Facebook where people are getting the word where they weren't necessarily getting it before. 
we're seeing more teens become Christians than ever before. Why is that? Because they're with mom and dad all the time. Mom and dad are there. And they get to live out and have conversations that normally they wouldn't be able to have with such regularity because kids are out and about or they're at schools for eight hours a day. I know it's summer, but it's going to be homeschooling for a little bit more for most of us. What are some unconventional ways we can bring God's authority to others? You know, Will talked about giving. You know, we don't see Lynchburg, but the giving that we've done over the last four years is helping Lynchburg reach people already. They have six people say the Bible in Lynchburg right now. I don't know them. Do you? No, but you gave, and that money went to bring Cody and Brittany there and to support a team, and they can afford a place to meet, and now people know where to find them. That's a touchless delivery. There's a sister in New York, Kristen Clay, that got baptized up in New York City. She's been at Virginia Tech for three years in the ROTC program. Many of you have met their parents, Derek Clay, and they came down. And many of you prayed. And then we got to see that. And now that touchless delivery of faith being expressed in New York City, now Kristen comes back to Virginia Tech as a disciple. The reality is many of us here in Roanoke probably won't see her. But we're going to see what God does through that delivery and reaching other cadets where we've never had a disciple in our fellowship in the ROTC for very long. My encouragement to us real quick in conclusion is to ask yourself who or what is your authority? And if it's God and if it's his word, what will be different this week as you approach God's word? What would you do differently this week if you approach Jesus and his word like this centurion approached Jesus? Brainstorm. Brainstorm out of the box. Unconventional. Weird ways to bring Jesus to people. Everyone thought this was weird. Jesus, a Jew, going to a Gentile's house. That's weird. And it's more than weird. In their minds, it was wrong. So I'm not thinking that we should brainstorm wrong ways, but unconventional. What are some things that you've never seen that, you know what, I don't know if this could ever happen. It's never been done before, but God is up to something. What can you do? Campus students who are joining us, don't look at your semester like, oh man, this is a new way. How are we ever going to reach people? How are we ever going to get close? Don't look at the hindrances. Look at the opportunities because of the authority and the Jesus we believe in. And let us move forward, not just in brainstorming creative ways, but actually being willing to go and do them just like Jesus did. Jesus tells us, according to your faith, it will be done just as you said. Wow. Those are some powerful words. What if our faith is the limiting factor as to what we'll see? What if our brainstorming and our reorientation 
of Jesus' authority and his word opens up new faith for us. Opens up fresh faith. Opens our eyes anew. And Jesus can say to us collectively, according to your faith, Roanoke, it'll be done. What will we see? What's God up to? He's going to be up to a lot of touchless deliveries, not just because of quarantine. He's always been doing touchless deliveries. Through your prayers, through your giving, through the messages no one sees, through the phone calls no one hears, those things build faith. Let's get creative and see God do great things because we see and know his authority in our lives. Let's brainstorm, let's go and do, and let's be a part of those touchless deliveries. Amen. Let's pray. Lord heaven, God, thanks so much for this time. God, thanks for opening our eyes. I pray that our hearts are filled with creativity that only comes from faith in you. God, we know you can do anything. We, You healed a leper, and now you're breaking all types of boundaries to, to even of time and space to heal this man's servant. We question authority. We've questioned your authority. I've questioned your authority. We've got hurts and pains and memories that are seared into our minds as to how people have taken advantage of us in their authorities. How we trust an authority only to see it not actually come through. God, we pray that we can wrestle through those with you and come to solid footing that you are not just a authority that we should follow as soldiers follow their commanding officers, but a loving, done there, been there, done that type of authority. A gentle, leading us with great passion and compassion type authority. God, help us to fall on our fall on our knees to your authority and say, man, you can do it. Your word's powerful. You can do it, and I know it will be done. God, help us grow from there to then have creative faith to see you do things that we have never seen done before. Open our eyes. Expand our worldviews to see what you can do with our campuses, to see what you can do through Internet, to see what you can do through social distancing. Give us creative faith that's not just resolved to write it down in our journals, but to then just go do it, to see what you'll do today. God, we know touchless deliveries have happened in all of our lives. People have prayed for our souls, and you have restored them and made us new. Help us to then do likewise in new ways to see your delivery of faith, your delivery of salvation come to our world. We need it. We need your kingdom to come. We pray that we can have faith as we see it done here in Roanoke and the New River Valleys. We love you. Protect us. We ask all this in your son's name. Amen. 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 Thanks for coming, guys. We do have...